Hello, Central New York, and hello, hockey fans all across the internet, and welcome to the Central New York Hockey Report podcast. I'm your host, Scott Kinville, and we have got a great show lined up today because we've got a lot of events coming to the city of Utica, none bigger than the Utica Thanksgiving Showcase coming up this weekend. Before we bring our guest in, of course, I want to bring my panel in. To my right, sitting there pressing buttons as usual, it's Dave the Save Warner. How you doing? Good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well on the buttons. Yes, you are. (laughs) Just make sure you're ready for Thanksgiving tomorrow. Uh, Yeah, button it up. All right. Got it. (laughs) And coming to us from his dorm room at Utica University, Mr. Jordan Brockway. Jordan, what's happening? Nothing much. Just uh, prepping for whatever's going to happen tomorrow. (laughs) Right? Well, we never know, do we? Yep. Not the little things. <laughs> All right. And our guest, he is the head coach of the third ranked Utica Pioneers hockey, men's hockey team. Uh, coming to us from looks like his office, Coach Gary Heenan. Coach, how are you? Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Looks like uh, you just got off the ice. Yeah, just finished practice. You mentioned we're the third ranked. We looked like we were about the 38th ranked team today. Ooh. So uh, <laughs> we'll see how the weekend goes. But. Uh, yeah, tried to humble the guys after that one. That was uh, we've been really good, a lot of energy. Um, you know, it was my impression the boys probably went out last night uh, the way they <laughs> practiced. <laughs> but uh, sometimes they need that as well, so we'll see. Yeah, now don't they know that it's usually Wednesday night, the night before Thanksgiving, that you go out? <laughs> yeah, we actually just talked as a staff, and that's far too close to the Friday. Yeah, if they went out. We'll be all right with it. Yeah. Get it out of their system, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we, we, we mentioned you guys are, are number three in the country now. You've already got a big win over Adrian. Uh, so far, so good for this season. You're 6 0 2, 5 0 1 the UCHC. What are your impressions? Well, I, you know, I think if you talk just record, uh, we're over the moon with the record. Uh, you know, I, I think going in, I wouldn't be surprised if we were 2 and 6. Um, just with how young we are. I mean, it's just the youngest team we've ever had. And um, I, I'm really pleased with how quickly we buttoned up our defensive details. Power play came alive last week. It's been okay. Um, the PK's been good. Goaltending certainly had a boost. But I think we've been playing a pretty mature brand, which is a little surprising on how quickly we got. Home cooking, no question, to play the first five games at home helps. Um that's always been a big help for us. So a little fortunate there. It could come crashing this weekend. We've got some whales coming in here. Um, so, you know, I, I think uh, our guys are thinking right now that they're a third ranked team and we're not, I mean, our record speaks to that. Um, is our play there and our ability there yet in our details? It's not. So I think we're, we're somewhere in the top 15, 10 to 15, probably realistically in there. Um, so the pollsters are being generous, but, uh, we, we definitely have some work to do. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's, you, you, you mentioned you got some whales coming in this weekend. You certainly do. And I'm going to get to that in just a second, but I, I wanted to ask you, cause you touched on how young the team is. You got 15 first year players, two transfers. Is there a different mindset going into the season? As far as from a coaching perspective, when you have such a young team, as opposed to a veteran heavy team. Yeah, it's, uh, the mindset's completely different. Uh, a ton more planning uh, with my staff even before the guys arrive. And then, you know, that plan can be blown up pretty quickly based on your performance day to day and week to week. Uh, but we do strive to watch uh, every shift with freshmen before Christmas. So 
a lot more teaching involved, uh, a lot more whiteboard, uh, a lot more video in uh, in the locker room in our video um, classroom. Um, so there's, just, there's just a lot more at the rink. Uh, fortunately for us, we, we actually love the personality of this team. Um, the guys are just a joy to be around. They're bringing energy to the rink. And, um, to their credit, they, they have been sponges. Uh, it's been very competitive. We've been playing everybody that, that we brought here. And our mentality going into the year was not to, not to ride anybody off early. Um, sort of give guys a fair chance to, to try and develop to a point where, where you can make a fair evaluation on, okay, he really is a fifth-line guy. He's played himself out. So by rule, we've been playing. Um, the fifth line's been coming in on Saturday after being out Friday and becoming our fourth. And we've been using our seventh, eighth D coming in. And, you know, it's, uh, we've been calling it a blender. We've got a lot of guys in the blender. Um, and until they really solidify where they play games and say, he can't take me out. I was too good. Um, and that's what we tell you guys. That's what you need to have me do to maintain your spot in lineups. Um, but it's been great. Uh, the attitude's been super. And um, we're, like I said, we're pleasantly surprised. We certainly know we have a ways to go. Um, but uh, but the planning and how the mentality, completely different than the last two years. And to be honest, refreshing. You know, we were as old as dirt the last two years. Uh, sometimes kicking those guys to get them to perform because they know a team's crap and they know a building's crap. And to go into a building and they know they can just show up uh and get the points that sucks that's not fun um you know so when you're benching a super senior that's an all-american because he didn't you know he just wanted to lace up his skates and thought he'd be fine uh that just gets gets old quick and uh and we did a lot of that the last couple of years so it's been great that these guys come in they really don't know what to expect and, and they've played an honest game thus far yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I'll tell you the one thing that I've really noticed this year, too, uh, this team is big. This is a very big team. Was that by design? Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely graduated our fair share of bigger guys. And, uh, you know, when you got your Zapatas, your Hermans, your Busters, I mean, those are massive individuals at any level. So we we definitely wanted to. I think the Division Three game is a lot more about, uh, you know, blood, sweat, tears, um, it's a grind. It's, uh, there, there's a little, obviously less skill. So you face teams that just go, you know, balls to the walls and just grind you, grind you. So the size matters, I believe more at our level than actually it would at a, at a higher level where, where skill can take over. Um, so we, we pride ourselves on being a low possession team and grinding walls and that size is, as is starting to pay off. Um, you can be as strong and as big as you want, but experience does go a long way. You know, something we refer to as just hockey strength. So you can have a guy that bench presses 265 pounds, and why is this guy that bench presses 185 out muscling me along the walls? And that's just experience and leverage points and grit. And um, I, I think, you know, those things have to be learned. And uh, we haven't been a great forechecking team so far, but it's coming. And, uh, you know, the fact that we've been on the right side of wins with those things still in process, uh, there's a high ceiling here that's, that's very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned the D3 game. In my opinion, it seems like every year, I mean, D3 is already an excellent brand of hockey, but every year it seems to be getting better and better. Would you agree with that assessment? 
Well, I think the parody is just, you know, you used to be able to just work out, guy, uh, out work guys recruiting and, and uh, you know, now everybody has these video software systems where you can just watch guys 24-7 and pinpoint the recruits you want. And then, of course, the arms race that's going into locker rooms. Like, if you went down to Skidmore right now, you looked at their locker room, it's a better locker room than Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, and, you know, as much as their actual rink isn't very nice, they're putting the amenities around the rink. And so they got a spectacular oval NHL locker room. That's just, it's unreal. And, and it's paying dividends. Like, so we're calling that the arms race, you know, and we're in the middle of a, of a locker room renovation as well, because you have to do those things. So, so more and more teams are doing those. Uh, my ex assistant at, at trying Alex Todd, his locker room facility is unbelievable. You know, he's averaging seven, 800 fans a game in a, in a, I don't know, 12, 1400 seat arena. So he's got a cooking over there. Um, so you got to be careful because, uh, you know, the, the administrations that buy in to, to having successful teams, um, you know, the, the top 20, 30 can all beat each other. No question about it. If, if you're not watching yourself. So it's, uh, um, I, I would agree wholeheartedly with that statement. Um, the rest of our league is coming and, uh, and, and those cakewalk, you know, just show up nine, 10, nothing games, uh, few and far between for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And before we get into the showcase, Jordy, you got anything you want to ask? So, Coach, what is – there's some guys that have been performing, some young, some newcomers. What is – how does that impact the team? Like, how does that – trying to think of how to word this. How do, how do their performances go a long way for this team? Well – we have no choice but to play our youth this year, right? We, I think we have seven return skaters. Um, so, you know, in that, the, the, the returners knew it was coming. You know, and I'm pretty proud of the way, like, an Acosta has come, and he's putting his arms around guys and making sure they're comfortable and, you know, hey, this is what's going to push his buttons or this is a professor that you're going to want to get because, you know, he's just the ins and outs of everyday school life and Utica life. Where do I get a haircut? Where do I get a car wash? Where do I get, you know, those types of things, dry cleaning. Um, leadership goes a long way in those areas that people probably aren't aware of. Um, and so our very, very small leadership group has been outstanding, in my opinion, thus far. And they've respected the level of recruiting that we've had. So they know that my loyalty only goes so far. Um, the exhibition game was great because you get to dress an extra line. So everybody got to play, you know, and they started their career playing, not getting scratched. Next week, we'll play Stone Hill, and that will be another exhibition game where everybody gets to play again. Um, so we've been able to do that. That keeps everybody involved. We haven't parked anybody on the shelf. We have had some hard scratches. You know, we've had a couple juniors and sophomores that have been scratched, and we've been playing our youth. Um, but I think if you take a fair assessment of the roster itself, you know, we had our vet, some of our veteran returners were in those four fifth line spots last year. And if they were assumed that they're automatically a first, second line guy, that's a pretty bad assumption. Um, you know, so we were able to recruit to a level to get top six guys, to get top four D. Um, and we feel really good about that level of size and skill and playing ability. And, and again, if we can get those guys experience, uh, button up their details at the college level, it could be a really exciting year. Um, but hats off to how the veterans have handled it and hats off to how our young guys have come in just full of piss and vinegar and hungry to, to, to have one of these marquee lineup spots. Uh, it's been very competitive in practice uh, for these, for, but overall 
if a guy's been out, he's been cheerleading the right way so far. Yeah, and I think a lack of the, the kid gloves is what's led to a lot of the Pioneer success so far, too. Uh, so we got the showcase coming up Friday and Saturday. Uh, let's see, the St. John's Johnnies are coming to town along with number 8 Oswego and Elmira, who is basically on fire right now. Uh, thoughts on the St. John's Johnnies, because not a lot of people here in Central New York know about them and the uh, the tournament in general. Yeah, Twin Cities team. Uh, they've been out here before, uh, upset Oswego a couple of years ago in the same tournament. Um, a really good friend of mine, Dougie Schuler, um, came out of Bowling Green with Dennis Williams, a former assistant of mine. We're best friends, roommates on that team. Um, played the American Hockey League as a player. But anyway, great guy, great coach. Uh, he's jumping at the opportunity to come out. I hate this scenario because they're a two and five team coming in here and they are not a two and five team. So it's convincing your team that this is a group that just hasn't been able to score goals. Uh, they played St. Scholastica. I think it was a three, nothing four, two losses last week. St. Scholastica is one of your top seven teams. They're seven and oh, I believe this year. And we watched those games and St. John's deserved to win at least one of them. Uh, they just couldn't find the back of a net. So a team that works extremely hard, has good size. They're pretty much Minnesota through and through, Twin Cities team. Um, so a lot of Minnesota pride coming out east where they just think the Western brand is better than the Eastern brand. Um, and that's a good that's a good thought process for rivalries and things. But, you know, warning our guys uh, in our practice today when we suck, like, guys, if you think this game's going to be easy because you're looking at record and you're looking at our record, we're about to be humbled greatly at home. Um, so this should be an outstanding hockey game. Uh, hopefully their scoring woes continue and, uh, and the trend line for us in hockey games continues. Yeah. You know, you bring up the, the Western game because our friend, Chris Sugar, a good friend of our D3 hockey news keeps telling me, he's like, man, he goes, you got to pay attention to that Western hockey. He goes, I'm telling you, it is just a completely different brand and it's a great brand of hockey. Um, and you mentioned that, you know, there is potential for this St. John's game to be overlooked because, Next, the next night, it's either going to be number eight Oswego or Almira, who I just mentioned was on fire. They just beat number five Geneseo. So, thoughts on those two teams? Yeah, I think it's uh, one. It's an unbelievable tournament, just the field in general. And Almira's got a forty nine percent number one in the country power play, and they should. Uh, I think they're probably. I don't know this for a fact, but if I was to guess, they're the number. They're the oldest team in the country. And perhaps in the top five for age is Oswego. Um, so these are two grizzly old veteran teams with high, high, high expectations. They're both going to graduate a boatload and uh, they're going to get after it. I mean, that's going to be one heck of a hockey game that I'm really looking forward to watching. Uh, but crazy talent on the uh, offensive side for both teams. Uh, I think both are trying to find their way a little bit in that still, um, but depth throughout the lineup, high in talent. Um, you know, be interesting regardless who we play. That'll just be a monster game for March pointing. Um, so, uh, you know, we've, we've, I have no doubt in my mind that St. John's will finish above that 500 threshold. So it'll be a quality win if we get it. Um, and, uh, and certainly the next, uh, just a ton of points and out of conference points available uh, with whomever we end up playing in whichever game. So this is two really, really well-coached teams um, on that other side that are just going to attack each other on Friday afternoon here. Um, it should be a joy to watch. And, um, you know, it's a coin flip, in my opinion. I think it can go either way. You know, an edge certainly goes to a power play. 
Um, so Oswego's got to stay disciplined or it could be a long night for them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, after the showcase, the, the schedule really doesn't get any easier. I mean, you got Division One Stonehill coming to town December 1st for the uh, the Teddy Bear Toss game, and then you go to Oswego on the ninth. So, I mean, you could potentially face Oswego twice in the span of, like, two weeks. Yeah, you know, I think if, if, you, if you could pick, you know, I'd much rather play in Elmira just to see what they have and have that experience knowing we're going to play Oswego. But we don't get that pick, so that's fine. Um, but to your point, yeah, these are going to be four monster games where we'll have another measuring stick of where we are in our process this year. Um, you know, with, uh, who's kidding who? Adrian, both games could have went either way. Stevenson, both games could have went either way. And then we, you know, we've responded in our league to, to play in two, four good games where we deserve to win all four. Um, but we're back in that really upper echelon field now where, um, you know, I think all these games can go either way no matter what side of the bracket you're looking at. And so it's going to be, you know, who's bringing it that day and who's going to take advantage of a mistake the other team makes and put it in the back of the net. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt. So I don't know if you pay much attention to any of this stuff, but for the teddy bear toss, what's the strangest stuffed animal or thing you've ever seen tossed out on the ice? Yeah, it's funny you asked that. Uh, <laughs> we just did a, a little commercial for it, and I was asked the the exact kind of similar thing. And, uh you know, I, I think it's hilarious because we got about a dozen fans that now, and I, I'm pretty sure they know each other, but they're not good friends. They just know of each other, and they try and outdo each other on how big of the animal they can bring. So, like the yellow banana, you know, just sticks in my And this thing has right? And it's how it even got over the glass. I yeah. don't know. Um, but, you know, we've had a raft that was like six feet tall you know, and uh, a horse. And, of course, stuffed moose now. These big stuffed moose are popular. <laughs> and you're talking about, like, these things go, go 30, 40 pounds. You know? Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's amazing to see that rivalry amongst fans of who's going to get the title of the biggest stuffed animal to go over the glass. Um, and that's, you know, that's all fun and good for the kids who, of course, are going to receive an eight-foot banana under the tree. Yeah. <laughs> for christmas so uh it's it's good stuff uh you know it's staying focused on this weekend but it's our marquee game of course and uh you know once we get past this weekend we'll 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 focus on that we'll have fun with that because it's uh it's just an awesome game where where there's been some crazy outcomes you know just the penalty shot game and then trinity not scoring losing one nothing hitting the post in the last 30 seconds twice uh, getting bears thrown on the ice when we didn't even score one time because the goal judge put on his goal is light at the wrong time. Um, there seems to be a development every single year. Uh, and so this one being the 19th year, I'm sure there'll be something different again. And it's different already having, you know, a division one opponent coming in. Yeah. I mean, last year I saw somebody bringing in a stuffed bear that was actually bigger than they were. I'm like, I don't even know how <laughs> this is going to get over the glass. It's going to be yeah. interesting, but <laughs> So I just thought, I want to close out just by taking a quick look at the rest of the season because after the, the break, you come back and you play the rest of your UCHC schedule. So uh, just a real, real quick, thoughts on the, the conference in general, and were you surprised by the changes that are coming up next year? Not surprised by the changes. I, I think the SUNYAC announcement forced the max hands. Um, you know, there's a long rumor that the Pennsylvania schools were going to separate, and and why wouldn't they? You know, if they have the numbers to get a bid, then then it's just smart. All their buildings are fairly similar. They're not very impressive. 
Um, so when you get into that arms race, you want to play, you know, you want to compete against like schools. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't think by any means is that over. Um, you know, I, I'd be, I'd be shocked if you don't see Hobart Elmira return to our league. Uh, I think geographically it's just a fit. And, uh, you know, I, I think in a year or two, is that a possibility? I think it is. Uh, do I think it's the last of the SUNY teams that are going to come in? You saw what happened yesterday in, in the SUNY act with SUNY Poly uh, coming over to the Empire 8 and all other sports. Right. So those talks are all still very much alive. Um, um, you know, and, and then the big elephant in the room, the rumor of us, of course, and elevating. So who knows where that goes. But in terms of the UCHC, um, next, this after the break, teams are getting better. There's no question. And if you look right behind us by one point, it's the second-year program, Alvernia. Um, and, and they're very well coached. They work their tails off. We were down one nothing in the third period down there last year. Right. And we were carrying play, but they worked their tail off. Because they're well coached, they're not making these huge errors, giving up full ice, two-on-ones, or breakaways, and it's a grind. So to their credit, um, you know, they lost the Platts. It was a Platts, a sweep of 7-6. Um, you know, they're right there. So we got to be careful with them. Uh, we were deathly afraid of, of Stevenson in terms of, you know, I really thought that they were, they were going to get us this year, you know, just with how young we are and what they returned a real special player, the All-American forward there who did score against us. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're a quality team. There's no question about it. Um, I'm shocked to see Nazareth at 1-5-2. and two. I thought they would be one of the big, big guns and something's going on there. And, of course, George will figure them out and they'll be right there. Um, so I think there's a lot up for grabs. I think if Chatham didn't have the coaching change, they'd be real dangerous. And that's not a slant on their new coach at all. I think he's sure. going to do a great it's just a change and right. so they got to adapt coach but they were trending in a great direction they really were um so the the league's coming as it as it currently is am i excited to play geneseo four times next year i don't know i'm not <laughs> sure right uh I, our fans are gonna grow to love that rivalry we haven't played them a much uh enough we haven't um you know i would call schultz out on that he's ducked us a bit um but, <laughs> And they've been great games. I think they've beaten us the last two times, but they've been by a goal. And, um, and and I think our fan will love that brand of hockey. They really will. You know, Brockport, I worked there and, and got a lot of respect for Coach Dickinson, who gave me my first job in college hockey. So um, I, the conference is going to tighten up. It's going to be ferocious playing every team four, four times. Uh, and, and if our, you know, the fans certainly should know, we've got Adrian again for two. We've got Oswego already, and our tournament field looks electric. So uh, the, the five non-conference games we'll have will be just blockbusters as, as they have been. So it's, uh, it's going to be a great schedule, and, uh, and we'll see where the, the league falls you know, a year later because I don't think it's done changing with membership at all. Yeah, great things for Utica Hockey and, and D3 in general. Jordy, you got anything else before we let Coach go? No, nothing else. All right. Well, Coach, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We, we really appreciate it. Best of luck with the showcase this uh, this weekend and for the rest of the season, of course. And have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, you guys too. I enjoyed talking to you guys. We'll see you on Friday night. Cheers. Absolutely. We'll see you there. Thanks, Coach. All right. That was Coach Gary Heenan of the Utica Pioneers men's hockey team. Always an entertaining interview. I love interviewing him. It's so much fun. Yep. Always.
You know, and, the, and the, but you know, I love interviewing. He's just so honest, right? He just he doesn't pull yeah. any punches. He doesn't sugarcoat anything. It is what it is, and here it is, and it's it's just refreshing to see somebody just be yeah that upfront, and honest about everything, good or bad. Yeah, and it, it's nice to get that from a coach because a lot of a lot of times you'll get a little bit of a change in a coach if they're in front of a mic or something, and he's never like that. He just he tells you how it is. Yeah, he does. Yeah, exactly. There, there is no there. There's no hiding with him. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you know. And uh, you know, before we go to break, too, I just want to mention that the uh, the Utica Pioneers women, the tenth ranked women, won last night at the Nexus Center. Uh, they did beat Worcester State four to one. It was a pretty good game, actually. One to one in the first period, and then you know the Pioneers just poured it on. I think they outshot the Lancers. What was it, fifty-two to twenty-two? By the time it was all said and done, <laughs> um, but yeah, Angela Hawthorne made some huge saves in the in the second period, especially. Erica Schaefer had two points, so you know, good things happened in there. I don't think they returned to action until December first. Now I think they're off. So, but anyways. All right, let's do this. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we got a big home-and-home series for the local AHL teams to talk about, so we'll be right back. Visit My Little Falls and stay connected with the latest news, information, and events in the city and the area. Our mission is to generate interest in the community and connect residents in a more meaningful way by facilitating deeper conversations about how these stories will shape the future of the Mohawk Valley. Join thousands of weekly visitors who stay up to date with feature stories, interviews, videos, our event calendar, and print publication, The Mohawk Valley Express. It's about timely local news for the community, keeping citizens informed about important issues, telling about the people who live and work here, and giving locally owned businesses the opportunity to reach a very targeted audience of locals and tourists alike. It's a whole new form of media-rich content developed specifically for today's mobile lifestyle and listeners. You can download our iOS app in the iTunes store, listen to our podcast, or sign up for our weekly email newsletter. Stop by today. You'll be glad you did. Okay, and we are back for segment two. So, Jordy, normally this would be the part where we talk about everything else that's going on in the college world, but we're in kind of a time pinch today, and we really want to get to this Comets Crunch series. So, if you would, go to cnyhockeyreport.com. We have all the schedules. We've got articles about everything else that's going on in the Central New York College hockey world. Please check it out because you won't be sorry that you did. All right, now that my pitch is over with, let's talk about this big home-and-home series coming up between the Comets and the Crunch so tonight they start in Utica, and then they take a break on Thursday for uh, for some turkey and some football, and then they come back Friday and play in Syracuse. Now, I've got an article up right now on that website you see scrolling across the bottom, cnyhockeyreport.com. It is a big in-depth preview of this home-and-home home series. And I'll tell you something, Jordy, there was a lot of things that jumped out to me when I was doing the research for this. So the Crunch are in second place right now at 18 points in the, in the North Division. Uh, the Comets are at their fifth. They jumped up from last place over the past couple of days. They got 13 points. They're similar, but they're not similar, right? So the Crunch have been rolling on offense. They're third in the league in goals per game. I'm looking it up right now, 3.79. So the offense has certainly not been a problem there. Um, and, you know, they've, they've had a, a, a pretty big loss last weekend. Felix Robert, who was their – their leading scorer didn't play in the Hartford home and home series, um, but stepping up has been Max Groshev, who is he's a rookie and he has been unbelievable. 
I'm um, looking. I mean, he's got like four goals. Or I'm sorry, six goals over the past four games, something like that. You'll have to read the article to find out because I had it right here and I totally lost it. So, <laughs> and can't remember what you wrote. I can't. It's it's yeah. It's, it's kind of tough. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, so offense hasn't been the problem for the crunch. Uh, the defense is kind of taking a little step backwards, though. Uh, they were a top ten defense in regards to goals per game allowed. Um, they're now at number sixteen. You know, uh, Kochekov going back to Carolina hurt. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on the crunch so far? So, the crunch. I mean, just watching them all season, they very much jumped out as a offensive team. I mean, you just watch them; they they do their they do their thing, and when it works, it's on fire. And like you said, their defense has kind of faltered recently, and that that's where you want to strike. That's their one weakness. But other than that, they've been very strong as a team. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, I mean, this is going to be, and of course, it's always an intense rivalry, right? So, this is going to be the third and the fourth time out of 14 times in the regular season that they play. Uh, they've each won on each other's ice so far. They played twice. So, um, looking at the Comets, so I just mentioned they're in fifth place now. Uh, the Comets are kind of a hard team to figure out. <laughs> they're, they're either, it's, it's almost like they're either really good or you're just, you're wondering what happened here. Uh, they were pretty darn good Saturday night. They beat Laval 6-3. to three. Um, you know, Xavier Perrant has been a, a, really a godsend for this team so far, continuing his breakout season. He leads the team in points uh, with 12. Kyle Criscolo has caught fire as of late. He has been absolutely on a mission. Uh, I was just looking it up. He's got one, at least one point in four straight games, uh, three goals and five assists over that time. So he's definitely scoring in bunches currently. Uh, I think the biggest problem the Comets have right now, it's, it's, it's a big, uh, what do they call it, dichotomy, I think it is. It's a problem, and it isn't a problem, is the special teams. Right? So the penalty kill has been really good. They're fifth in the league, 87.5%. Um, if you read the article, you'll see that if you break that down a little bit more, it's it's a little bit more than meets the eye because they're really good in one place, and they're really bad in another place. But the thing with the power play, what is going on with this power play jury? I mean, they're, what do they let's see? Look it up right now. They're 9.3%. They've scored four goals out of 43 opportunities. That's last in the league. Graham Clark has three of those goals. Uh oh, did he freeze up? There he is. Yeah, so I did for a second. Um, <laughs> I thought the, I thought the flock was the stats, flying away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. You look at their home stats now. Bernal posted something about their penalty kill away has been very good about earlier this week. And I remember replying and saying, yeah, but their penalty kill at home has been horrible. Right. And you look at it, their penalty kill on the road is one of the best in the league. Top it's three. the best. You look at it at home. At home, it's the second worst no, with about 63%. It's the worst now. I just looked it up. Oh, it's the worst now. So they're the best. They're the best in the league on the road, killing penalties. They've only given up one power play goal on the road, but they're at like sixty-seven point or sixty-six point seven percent at home, which is now worse in the league. And that got better from last time I looked at it. But <laughs> and then their power play has somewhat been similar at home. They're they're not scoring like you would normally expect them to, especially with some of the guys on that unit that you have. But like you said, someone like Xavier Perrant has been a great player. I raved about him last year. I'll rave about him again. He may be small, but he's he reminds me of Arnie Atelvidi. 
He's very, he's very gritty, and he'll get you whatever you need, whatever you ask of him. You just say, do it, and he'll do it. Yeah, no doubt. And you, you mentioned grittiness. I mean, of course, I'm not talking about the Philadelphia Flyers mascot. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the actual grit. And, uh, you know, you're right. He does. He, he brings that, that spark plug energy. Um, having Sammy LaBerge back from injury is going to help with that, too, because while well, LaBerge was out, you know, I didn't think the, the, the team would miss Mason Geertsen as much as they have. But you know what? He was out there throwing bodies around. Uh, making room, even if he did take a dumb penalty here and there, uh, it still kind of put the other team on notice. So with LeBear's back, he's kind of, you know, come into that role. Got into a fight Saturday night, saw that. And, uh, you know, so I, I think they're going to need a little bit more of that going forward. Yeah, and I remember saying before the season, losing Mason was probably going to be very bad if you don't replace him. They don't replace him. And you're kind of seeing that if you have someone like a Walcott on the other team that is an agitator right. and likes to fight, you have nobody to dispel him. The best you have is LaBerge and LaBerge is great. He can fill that in between role well, but he's not, not a true fighter. He's not a true enforcer. Right. And I think that's where Syracuse has an advantage in the fact that you got a guy like Daniel Walcott. They also got Sean Element who, uh, mm-hmm. who is not afraid to drop the gloves either. So that's definitely a big advantage for Syracuse. Although the comments do have Isaac Poulter, who has been unbelievable so far this season, um, I kind of you, you got to think where would they be without him? Yeah, he's performed at an excellent level, and I mean, coming into the season, Shalgren was the the guy everybody had eyes on, right? But the one who I was more excited for was Poulter because he came up through the system. He, I can guarantee you he, he was coming in with a mindset of, I've been here, I've done this, let's do it again. And he made it look like what Shalgren did in the playoffs might have been a fluke in a way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that, that that's not unfair to say, really. I mean, Shalgren was excellent in the playoffs, but if you look at the regular season numbers, they were, they were okay. I mean, it earned a, a call-up to the Maple Leafs. You know, but uh, nobody was expecting this out of Poulter, even though even in his short time with the Comets last season, he was excellent. Uh, I think Shalgren is going to turn the corner. Um, you saw it in the Springfield game last Friday. So, yeah, I mean, those two goals that he gave up to Gaudet were kind of, well, you know, maybe he should have had them. But he also made 45 saves. So, I mean, he was just getting pounded that game, and he kept the Comets in it. You know, at least got him to overtime. And don't forget for the Comets, uh, Nico Dawes should be back in a few weeks too. So, that's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens. Now, of course, let's not forget that just temporarily, I believe, the New Jersey Devils goaltender injury carousel has stopped. So <laughs> I'm not wishing that on anybody. I'm just saying that let's be realistic. Usually that thing's spinning around at you know an extremely high speed. National Grid's loving the power bill on that one. <laughs> <laughs> now that you said that, somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah, I know, yeah. and I'm going to get the blame for it. You watch. <laughs> You know, we're going to get hate mail next week. We'll get our first yep. hate mail. It'll be nice. So. <laughs> but, no, any other thoughts on this uh, upcoming home-and-home? Home? Not much other than you're right. Shogren, I mean, you, you can see him slowly getting better and his game evolving. It, most of it is just getting used to the guys he's got in front of him and the new atmosphere, which no atmosphere is the same. Yeah, no doubt. And we'll see if the uh, if the crunch get uh, Felix back too, because I mean, like I said, he's, he's actually tied for the league with uh, Groshev for points on that team. And you know, hats off to Syracuse too, doing what they they've been doing on offense, given that it doesn't look like Alex Alex Boulay is coming back. 
yeah, he's with how he's playing, he's definitely staying up. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, good on them. And also, you're going to want to watch for uh, defenseman Jack Thompson, who uh, he's got seven power play points for the crunch. Six of them are assists, which is tied for the best in the AHL. So, that could be a little interesting inside battle there, the uh, the vaunted power play abilities of Jack Thompson versus the, uh, the penalty-killing abilities of the Comets. So, we'll see. It's going to be a very interesting time, like I said, Wednesday night in Utica. Uh, Turkey Day Thursday, and then Friday night in Syracuse. You can check out both the team's websites to get tickets and, of course, checking schedules for the rest of the season as well. And I noticed you got a hype video out too, don't you? Yep. boy. Good job. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> got it out a little later than I planned, but I got it out. Yeah, that's right. All right, so like I said, you can go to cnyhockeyreport.com to get all the schedules, all the info that you'll possibly need for Central New York hockey. And like I said, I'm going to have the high school schedules up there by this weekend too. And, of course, don't forget the Thanksgiving showcase coming up right here in Utica Friday and Saturday. All right, we want to thank Coach Gary Heenan for coming on. For Jordan Brockway, for Dave the Save Warner, I'm Scott Kimball. Thanks for listening and or watching, and we will see you next week.